Thank you, brother, sister. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, you alone are worthy of our praise. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you do for us, that we might have life and hope and joy. We pray, Lord, that tonight you might help us to know and understand what it is you have to say to us tonight from your word. We thank you for the fellowship we have in your word tonight. We pray, Lord, for those that you've put on our hearts. So tonight we begin, as we always do, by pausing to present to you those that are a burden and on our hearts tonight. Whomever you've put on our hearts. Those joining in by uh, television and those who are here, all who are gathered in this place with us, we pause now to present that specific person to you that you have given, put on our hearts and minds. May your will be done in their life. May you do exactly what you need to do for them in whatever their circumstances. May Jesus be glorified through what's going on in their life. May you provide for them. May they be saved. May they... Be committed to following Jesus and walking with God. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for the opportunity. We pray for all the uh, Disciple Life classes going on tonight and all of our students and all of our children and all the, all the ones who are meeting here in this place on this uh, campus. We thank you for allowing us to gather again and to be in this place to teach your word and to encourage one another and to pray with one another. We pray for our brothers and sisters who are watching us at home or not able to be with us <clears throat> for numbers of reasons. We, we miss them and we pray for your best for them. And may they be encouraged by uh, being with us in the word of God tonight. And may they sense and know your presence with them. You are there. Though we're not together physically, all of us, you are with us all, and we thank you for that. Now, Lord, tonight, bless uh, your word as we look at it together and encourage us as we consider and think about our greatest responsibility of obedience, and teach us from your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good evening. Good to see all of you who are here, and we... You're scattered around, and I can see several of you. I hope you can all hope you all have a copy of the outline tonight. We'll be looking, and those of you joining us uh, remotely, we're glad that you're with us uh, tonight. We continue to think about the call to Christian obedience. I'd like for you to take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. So tonight we will talk about uh, our the supreme act of Christian obedience, and that is love for God. The supreme act of Christian obedience is love for God. Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse number 34, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. So, Heavenly Father, we pray that you bless the reading of your word tonight, and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The supreme act of Christian obedience is love for God. The Lord Jesus here speaks of Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, chapter, chapter six verse 5, one of those very famous places in the Old Testament where Israel is called to hear. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God. <clears throat> and then it goes on to talk about some other things. Teaching your children to obey the law of God and walk in God's ways. So tonight I want us to give our time to consider and think about the importance of loving God. And so if you're joining us at home, if you're here tonight with us, we we continue to think about this great important responsibility of obedience. Notice the very question from these Pharisees, the lawyer. What is the great commandment? Commandment. Commandments require obedience or disobedience. We either obey or we disobey commandments. And so here tonight, I'm going to give you, uh, at least we're going to begin to talk about tonight, eight ways that we love God. We've talked a lot uh, these days together about the love of God for us. And I, uh, I want to begin by reminding us that uh, we are able to love Him. So, so just some related verses. First John, uh, over in 1 John chapter 4, verse number 9 John is reminding us, and he talks so much about love, loving God and loving one another. If we say we love God, but we don't love other people, there's something wrong. Loving God goes with loving others. By this, the love of God is manifested in us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live uh, through Him. In this is love, verse 10 of 1 John 4. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son. And so here we begin with this. We love Him because He first loved us. That's really the idea here. We love Him because He first loved us. <clears throat> We've been looking at this on Sunday morning, Romans chapter, Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. We saw Sunday morning... A very famous verse, but God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <clears throat> Ricky, can you uh, bring up the lights in here a little bit for the folks? It seems so dark. I can't see one person. I think I'm in a cave here. Thank you. Just a little bit. For, thank you. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for us. And then verse 8, but God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrates His love through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And on Sunday mornings, we're <clears throat> spending a lot of time in detail thinking about the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and His death on the cross, and what does that mean for all of us? Well, it is God's way of demonstrating His love for us. 
But now we turn to this other side. <clears throat> we love him because he first loved us. Teacher, what is the great commandment? And the Lord said, You shall love the Lord your God. So tonight I begin by asking this question, do you love God? Do you love God? Is there in your, as the Lord says here, your heart and your spirit and your mind a love for God? Do you love God? Is God and these things about knowing God, uh, do you love to know about God, but you don't truly Love God. Do you love God? Do you love God and do you, do you desire to love Him greater? Do you, is there an emotion? Is there a passion in your life and heart to love God? Do you love God? Second question is, <clears throat> what do you love? What do you love? Who do you love? Do you love God? What do you love? And who do you love? Well, we uh, men find it hard to sometimes think about love and they don't always express it well, but this is not, uh, this is not an optional matter. If I'm going to obey God, I have to love God, and it is the supreme act of obedience. It does affect my emotions, and it should affect yours. It does affect my mind because it draws in me a desire to focus and to learn and to understand and think about God. Someone you love, you think about. Someone you love, you want to know more about them. Someone you love, you entrust your emotions to them. Do you love God? Do you love God? If tonight you do not love God, you need to examine your heart and ask, why do I not love God? Why do I not love God? <clears throat> why does there not come out of my heart love for God? Is it because you've truly never understood the cross of Jesus Christ? The unbelievable cross and sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ? So this matter of loving God becomes very important, it's foundational, <clears throat> and so I want us to give ourselves some time to look at this, and I've given you some passages to go through, and we'll talk about these for a few minutes and uh, then try to wrap things up in just a while here, but I want to encourage you, I want to guide you through this thinking, because tonight, even as we're here, our act of being together in the Word of God can be... Uh, an act of loving God, or it can just be an act because we're used to doing this. It's our ritual. We go through it. We're curious about the Bible. We've come to study it, but there's not really a heart, heartfelt love for God. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love him who loved you to the point of death? Do you love the Lord Jesus well, when we think about loving God, there are about eight ways that I would uh, point out to you. There are many others we could have listed. I'm doing this somewhat topically because I want to take you through some of the qualities that we find in the Word of God that describe loving God. First of all, it's a personal matter. <clears throat> I can't love God for you and you can't love God for me. I, I have to love God 
myself. That's why the passage from Deuteronomy is so important. You shall love the Lord your God, the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God. Of all the things going on in our day and time and of all the distractions, don't believe I've ever, ever preached in such strange, unusual times. We just keep on preaching. If I preach here only to the Lord and myself and that's all that's here, bless God, I'll just keep on preaching. That's whatever we do. I've never seen such amazing, strange, and unusual times. As I said to you many, many months ago, the Lord is, like the prophet said, God is crying to the cities, crying out for people to come to Him and repent and be saved. But I wonder tonight, as we think about these things, with all the emotions, with all of this emotion, all the emotional energy we give to all of these matters before us, how much of your emotional life do you give to loving God? How much of your emotions do, does God have? Does He have your heart? Does He have your mind? You know, it's not much of a relationship. Some of us have been married a long time in here. I wouldn't have much of a relationship with Pat if I just gave her part of my heart or part of my attention or part of my thinking and wasn't committed to her fully. So I ask you tonight, I love you in the Lord Jesus. I'm just speaking to you as your pastor. Do you love God? Oh, I love my husband. I love my wife. That's good. You should. I love my children. I love my grandkids. That's good and you should. I'm trying to love my neighbor as myself. That's good. You should. But do you love God? Well, loving God is personal. You shall love the Lord your God, but I have for you also Psalm 18.1. It's such a, you see, David helps us. Now, for the men who are here, real men, who seem to always worry about their emotions, I want to remind you that King, King David was a warrior king. He was a real man. But he wasn't afraid to, to express to God and to others his emotions and his passions. Here we read it in Psalm 18. Psalm 18, verse 1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And then he goes on, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. You, you go over there and read that in Psalm 18. Verses 1 and 2, I just read to verse 2. All the pronouns, my, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, my shield, my salvation, my stronghold. I love the Lord. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Do you speak with God like that? Do you speak with Him as and declare to Him what He is to you? Do you praise Him? Do you say to the Lord Jesus Christ, You are my Savior, You are my Lord, You are my Master, You are my Great Shepherd, You are my High Priest, You are my Advocate before the Father, You are my Intercessor. 
Do you speak with God like that in prayer? When you have your time of praying, do you praise the Lord? Loving God is personal. And every one of us in this room must be challenged, and I ask you tonight to personally examine your life and ask yourself this question. In what condition is my heart, and do I really love God? Number two, loving God is spiritual. It's internal. Uh, You shall love the Lord your God. Let's go back to what the Lord says in verse 37, Matthew 22. You shall love the Lord your God with all. It's completely, it's complete love. It's it's, it's, uh, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And I've given you these three words from the Greek language. Heart has to do with feelings and desires. Uh, The soul has to do with our spirit, that immortal being inside of us. When you die, your spirit leaves your body, goes either to heaven or hell. But we worship the Lord in spirit, the deepest part of our being, as the Lord taught us. And our mind has to do with our thinking and our understanding and wisdom and knowledge. Deuteronomy 11.13 says, Love the Lord your God, serve Him with all your heart and soul. Do you put your heart into it? Do you put your mind into it? I truly mean to ask you this. How much disciplined time do you give thinking about God? Well, Pastor Mike, I've got a lot of things to do. I'm a very busy person. And one day all of those things will end and your life will come to an end and then you'll wonder, what kind of spiritual life have I lived? You know, most of the things we spend our time with are only for a season. You know that, don't you? You're not going to keep doing the things you're doing forever. But loving God is what we do forever. We love the Lord God. We, we express to Him our emotions and our feelings of love for Him. We come to the Lord with our emotions and cry for mercy. We come to the Lord with our emotions and desires when we want something, when we're unhappy, but we, do we speak to the Lord and honor Him and glorify Him and praise Him from our heart and allow our emotions and our feelings to be involved. I, re- I really wonder this sometimes, and I was, I've been asking it on Sunday mornings, when you think about the, the, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, that He died for your sins, does that bring any emotion to your life? He died for you when you were an abject, rebel, immoral, ungodly person who didn't care a thing about God, you cared about yourself. Does it move you at all in your soul to hear the preacher talk about the cross of Jesus Christ and God demonstrating His love? Is there any emotion in that? Well, some of us are afraid to be emotional. But the truths of God's Word affect our emotions deeply. And loving God is a heartfelt thing. 
It is something that drives our desires. It is something that is deep in us. We love God internally. It's a part of who we are. Loving God is praising Him. So I, I give you a few places here. And I couldn't stop with this on Psalm uh, 18. <clears throat> I, I already started reading it to you. I copied some more of it down. I'll just read it a little bit more. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me and the torrents of ungodliness of the, of ungodliness terrified me. The cords of shield surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of His temple and my cry for help before Him came into His ears. He's praising God. And in praising God, he's expressing his love for God. Because he's talking about, my friends, what only God can do for us. Look, if you can take care of your own matters, why would you turn to God? This, this is the problem of the modern man and woman. We think we've pretty well handled it. We have some idea. This is, this is a... This is a genuinely real thought in American culture, has been for since, I think, the founding of America. Well, there's a God, and, but He's kind of put things together, but left us here to take responsibility and take care of it all. And if we just be good, one day we'll go to heaven if we're nice. And the real thing is God is here to try to make us happy. And, and if we need something, we call on Him, like we would call for some service or Something to help us with what we need. Is that your understanding of God? You see, we love the one who protects us, who saves us, who delivers us, who cares for us, who stays with us through all of our circumstances. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good, Psalm 135.3. Sing praises to His name, for it is lovely. Did you see that? The name of God is lovely. He is full of compassion. He is full of patience. He is full of loving kindness. He is full of grace. He is full of mercy. All of those many things we talked about for many months together on Sunday morning. Song of Songs is that great, great, uh, great song about the love between a man and a woman in their marriage relationship. And yet there are some beautiful words that we could say and describe they are but a picture. They're a way that we can also express our love for the Lord. Song of Songs 5.16, His mouth is full of sweetness and He is wholly desirable. Do you see in God complete desire? Do you find in the Lord Jesus Christ absolute satisfaction for all of your life? Are you still feeling like you lack. Well, it is because your relationship with God is not what it ought to be. Loving God is personal. Loving God is praising Him. Loving God is, is uh, spiritual. And fourth, loving God is putting Him first in all things. Paul said that we're to allow the Lord Jesus to come to have first place in all things. So is the Lord first place in your schedule. 
Now, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm, I'm getting personal with you because this is important. Is the Lord Jesus Christ first in your schedule? Is the Lord Jesus and time with Him the first thing you do every day and the last thing you do? What is He's first in all things. He's first place in all things. First place, above your relationship with your mate, above your relationship with your children and grandchildren, above your relationship with your work. Does the Lord Jesus Christ have first place in your life? I'm going to read you these words. I don't have it on your notes, but it's a, it's a profound statement. In fact, it's one of those contrasts that reminds us of what it means to really love the Lord Jesus and put Him first. It's, it's Luke 14, uh, 26, if you want to look it up in your Bible. If not, you can just listen to me. It's, this is where the Lord Jesus is describing real discipleship, what it means to really follow Him. Luke 14, 25, now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to the crowds, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What a profound statement. Is your love for God so great that it looks, makes your other relationships look like you're neglecting and hating them? This is the contrast. Do you love God? Do you love God? This is the supreme act of obedience for those who say they are followers of Jesus. Followers of Jesus love Jesus Christ. They love Him more than their own life. They love Him more than their own family. They love Him more than their own security. They love Him most. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, the Lord Jesus said. He's first. What do we see in John the Baptist? He must increase, I must decrease. That's loving God. Psalm 72, 17, may his name endure forever. May his name increase as long as the sun shines. And let men bless themselves by him. Let all the nations call him blessed. May his name endure forever. You see, when we love God, we put him first and we love him exclusively. That's a part of this. <clears throat> the Lord reminded us of the exclusiveness of loving him. Look, here's the way he said it. This is good for American Christians. You cannot love God and your money. You cannot love God and your money. You'll love the one and you'll hate the other. So do you love God? Do you love God more than your money? Do you love God more than your security? Do you love God more than your country? Do you love God more than your family? Do you love God more than yourself? Do you love God? What did the Lord say in the Ten Words, the Ten Commandments? First, you shall have no other God before me. You see, when I put anything before my relationship with God, that shows I don't love God first. Loving God is personal. It is spiritual. It is praising Him. It is putting Him first. And loving God, this sounds rather obvious, but loving God is because He's God. I love God because He is God. 
I love God because He never lets me down. I love God because He is perfect in all of His ways. I love God because He is consistent and faithful in everything that He does. Completely perfect in all of His nature and in all of His works. I love the Lord, Psalm 116.1, because He has heard my voice. I love the Lord, He says, because He hears when I pray. Tonight, some of you listening, you've been praying. The Lord hears you. The Lord hears you. How wonderful it is to love a God who hears us. And what do we have in the book of Hebrews? Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find help in time of need. We come to the Lord Jesus and we tell Him what we need. There's an old song, tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. So this is what we do. We, we love the Lord because of who He is. My heart overflows with a good theme, Psalm 45. <clears throat> this royal psalm about the glorious King, the Lord Jesus Christ. My heart overflows with a good theme. I address my verses to the King. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. That's the way you talk. That's the way you express love to the Lord. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured on your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. And later, we come to these great words that are, we're reminded of in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews. Your, God, your throne, O God is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, is a scepter of your kingdom. We praise Him, we glorify Him, we love Him because He is fully God. He is God in all of His ways. <clears throat> I can love God because the Lord is always faithful. I can love God because He is always good. I can love God because He is completely wise. I can love God <clears throat> because He is present with me knows what I need and knows all things at the same time. The more I consider and think about the glory of who God is, the more it draws out of me love for Him. Do you love God? Loving God is personal. It is praising Him. It is spiritual. starts on the inside <clears throat> before it ever comes out of our mouth. Loving God is putting Him first. It is, we love God because of who He is. And loving God is loving Him most. Another way of saying this, I love God most. I count all things but loss for the excellency of, know, of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. This is the way Paul lived. Everything else was secondary to his relationship to God through Jesus Christ and his love for God. And because he loved the Lord Jesus, he wanted to know more about him. Do you desire, do you crave, do you long to know more about the Lord Jesus? Oh, another hymn, more, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving love to me. That's what we should be saying. When you love somebody, you want to be with them more. You want to know about them more. You want more. You want more in the relationship. Loving God is loving Him most. 
Loving God is trusting Him completely. <clears throat> Psalm 116.7, Return to your rest, O my soul. You can rest because when you love somebody, you rest. You see, <clears throat> we see it all the time in children. <clears throat> You've seen it, I've seen it with our, my children and grandchildren. When they're little and they know that they're loved, they'll just, when they're resting on you or by you, they'll just take a deep breath. Are you resting in the Lord? You see, if you love God, you rest. I love all of you. I'm speaking to some of you who, you're living in such distress. You're living in such worry. You're living in such agony and fear. Rest in the Lord. Rest. I didn't say be irresponsible. I said rest. Rest in the Lord. It will help you. When you know someone loves you and you love them back, you rest. This is why Paul said to the Thessalonian church in 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. That's what I'm praying tonight for you, my friends. That the Lord will direct your heart. What? Into what? Into the love of God. And when you see the love of God, you will love Him in return. Loving God is complete obedience to Him. What is the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God. <clears throat> 1 John 5, 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. This is loving God. We keep His commandments. Well, what do we do with all of these things tonight? I'll just be brief and we'll, <clears throat> we'll move along our way. <clears throat> How do we apply these uh, truths to our life? Well, we remember that the greatest act of obedience is loving God. <clears throat> How can I treat God? How, here's the way I would say it. So when I sin before the Lord, it seems I'm treating Him so unkindly. That's right. When I as a Christian sin in my words or my thoughts or my motivations or my actions, my deeds, it seems like that I'm doing a very unkindly thing. The Lord loves me even though I do the unkindness, but why would I treat someone I love with unkindness? A lot of people in the world today don't demonstrate much kindness, do they? We just, we've decided that the best way to do it is just be cruel to one another and not be kind. Goes on in the church, goes on in the world. We're just going to be unkind to everybody. But you see, when you love God, why would I be unkind? Why would I be unkind to the one who saved me? Why would I be unkind to the one... He deals with me so kindly. Why would I be unkindly to God? Well, when I am, when I sin, that's, that's demonstrating that I'm not expressing love to Him. Christians can love God because He loved us first. And loving God is a condition of the heart. And when you think about the love of God, it motivates us to love God. Consider what a great... The, consider this. It is the greatest desire of God 
for you to have a loving relationship with Him. That's what He really wants. It's as the proverb says, when the wise father is speaking to his son about committing to him, he says, my son, give me your heart. That same phrase is what God would say to us. My sons and daughters, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Nobody giving their heart to people today, are they? We have guarded hearts. We've got up lots of barriers. Why would you do that to the one who has died that you might have life? Give him your heart. Go home tonight and give him your heart. Pour out your heart and soul before him. Let him know how you feel. Express to him your desires and express to him how much you love him as best you can. Love God like the Lord Jesus. Love God the Father. Loving God is doing His will. But I, I think perhaps uh, this eighth uh, statement is one that I, I may not have written it the best way, but here's what, uh, I'll read what I've said and then try to explain it. It probably needs a little bit clearer description, but this is very important. Obeying God puts trust in God's wisdom to command, not in the power to obey. So let me maybe say it another way. You see... Obedience is trusting the wisdom of God in the command He's given. I obey God because I trust God's wisdom that this command is best for me. And when I know it's best for me, I not only trust God's wisdom, I trust God's love. God loves me enough to give me direction in my life Therefore, because I love him, I obey him. By the way, we love our children and grandchildren and we give them direction, don't we? So what do you do tonight? I've asked you over and over. My dear friends, I love you in the Lord. Examine yourself. Do you love God? Do you love God? Is there, is there in your heart room for the Lord? It's a sad thought, but... <clears throat> It's something we read at, at the end of the Word of God. It, it's something we read that is, is somewhat puzzling. When the Lord Jesus uh, says this to the church at Laodicea who didn't even care or need the Lord. I read it to you. Revelation three twenty. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. You will discover the riches of fellowship with God as you open up your heart and mind and life and love God. It will enrich your fellowship with God. You know, perhaps you have a good friend and you always look forward to being with your good friend. You leave the meeting with your friend, and you always feel better. Do you feel that way when you meet with God? Have you accepted God's love for you? Well, you can never love God if you've first not accepted the love of God for you. Maybe tonight you go home and say, Lord, Pastor Mike was talking about love. I, I, I need to just sit down tonight before I go to bed and 
reflect on the fact of how much you have loved me. Now just go through all the decades of your life. Some of you are old. I just go through all your decades. Some of you in this room have plenty of them. Go through them. Go through the decades of your life and ask yourself, how has God loved me? How much has God loved me? And then praise Him for it. Tell Him you love Him and commit to Him that you will obey Him. What did the Lord Jesus say to us? He said to the first disciples and He says it to us, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? That was the question of the lawyer. We don't know about his sincerity in asking the question, but we know the answer was very strong. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. And it is the supreme act of Christian obedience. Well, may the Lord bless you. It's always good to see you. And I hope you have a good rest of the week. And we continue to pray for all of our dear people in all kinds of conditions, those who've <clears throat> lost loved ones these days and others who are sick and in the hospital, some recovering and, and some just trying to stay well and listen to their doctor's advice, which is good. So we pray for the Lord's blessing on all of our people and for our work as we share the gospel in our community. Let me pray and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Thank you, Lord, for your benefits of blessing, healing, saving, protecting, and providing. I pray for my brothers and sisters who are here in this room tonight and those who are listening. May they be drawn into the love of God so that they might express their love for God. We love you, Lord Jesus Christ, for all that you have done for us. And in these days of distress and separation and anxiety and fear and dread and hatred and anger, and violence, how we praise you and honor you and glorify you. May we let our light shine so that others may see Jesus in us. May you use this church for your purposes, however we seek to do our work, so that Jesus would be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you. It's great to see you tonight as much as I can. God bless you for being here. And uh, Lord willing, see you Sunday. Have a great, great week. God bless you. Stay well. <clears throat>